Can you feel it? The excitement and anticipation has been growing for weeks and the time is almost here. That's right. Baseball is coming back next week. Our team will be taking the field in less than 10 days, and there's no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To put you in the center of the action, DraftKings Sportsbook is celebrating the new season with a special promotion. Before the season starts, place a bet of at least $25 on who will be crowned the champion, and they'll give you a $25 free bet to use on opening day. While we're all excited for baseball, don't forget that there's European soccer happening all week long and a huge golf tournament that is sure to be thrilling. DraftKings Sportsbook is US-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code RAINBOW when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code RAINBOW, R-A-I-N-B-O-W, one word, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast on The Athletic. Nice pass, Jokic! in my house. And I told him, listen, if you see me around Denver, Colorado, anywhere, it's all about the Nuggets right now. Rainbow. Hello and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host today, Kendra Andrews, filling in for my colleague, Nick Cosmider, who is taking some much-deserved time off with his family. Um, But to keep me from talking to myself, which I've done plenty of while sheltering in place alone, I'm joined by fellow Nuggets beat writer TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. TJ, thank you so much for being here with me. Of course. I'm always here to be a part of your slight insanity from time to time. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Nikola Jokic finally arriving to the bubble, and we're also going to touch on the remaining missing players from the Nuggets roster. We'll discuss how the Nuggets have used their first four practices in Orlando, and then also we're just going to throw around some of our own thoughts on how the bubble setup has been going so far. But first, we want to thank you, our loyal listeners, for keeping it locked into this podcast each week. Your support means so much to us. Um, And if you like what we're doing here, you can also check out my written work and Nick's written work at The Athletic. And right now, you can get a low-cost deal on a subscription by heading to theathletic.com slash rainbow skyline. So TJ, Nicola, he arrived in Orlando finally yesterday um, after... One one week after the Nuggets initially arrived to the bubble and three weeks after he was originally scheduled to rejoin the team, of course, he tested positive for the coronavirus in June while he was in Serbia. And while he tested negative after that and passed health and safety protocols, allowing him to travel, flight issues and other travel issues prevented him from returning to the States on time. So he arrived presumably over the weekend because the team source told me that as of Tuesday, he had completed the league mandated 48 hour quarantine. However, he didn't practice on Tuesday with the Nuggets as he's waiting to do some additional physical testing. Um, so he just watched from the sidelines. But Malone did say that, you know, you could just 
feel the sense of relief by just having Jokic there in the gym with them. So TJ, I mean, this might be a silly question, but how big is this for the Nuggets to finally have their centerpiece in the bubble? Well, mentally, just to know that they have finally accomplished that goal of getting him from Serbia into this Orlando bubble, healthy, completely ready to go, and without any concerns for the integrity of the bubble. That's a, like as, as Nick actually put it, a Herculean effort to get those people all there. So I think just finally realizing, regardless of what the possibilities were that he wasn't going to make it, just to see him in a mask, walking in Nuggets gear and Nuggets flip-flops, actually in in the bubble in Orlando is just such a breath of relief. Everybody feels so much more comfortable, it seems like, because they have what they need. And I think a big part of this, too, is that when it's with Nikola Jokic, you always know what you're going to get. You could be playing in Serbia, you could be playing in Pepsi Center, you could be playing in the playoffs, you could be in a bubble. Nikola Jokic is Nikola Jokic. So that stability, that grounding feeling, that rock that he provides to this team, I think is very understated because right now, as we're going to talk about, there are multiple other other players who are not in this bubble. So the stacking effect of everything kind of taking place around them, just seeing Nicola has to be such a um, big moment of relief for everybody involved. Right. And Nicola last night, he, he talks to the media for the first time in four months since the NBA stopped in March, which I was, you know, really happy to, to hear from him and to see him. And I mean, I think we have to talk about the fact what everyone's talking about is his weight loss and, and mm-hmm. how he has just gotten in incredible shape over the past four months. And he, it was kind of funny. He said, well, you know, I've only lost about three, four, five more pounds than I did in March. And I, I haven't changed too much, but he really stayed on the regimented diet and uh, training schedule. He said, Felipe, the Nuggets head, um, conditioning, strength and conditioning coach worked with him very closely over Zoom during the hiatus. Um, and so when when you see Nikola Jokic, like you said, walk in and in like really good shape, what appears to be that he's going to kind of pick up where he left off, that's also a very encouraging sign for the Nuggets. Of course it is. I mean, Nikola Jokic starting to become this Marcus esque uh, physical revolution that he's having. That's what everybody's been waiting to see from him. Um, I also think the tales of his weight loss have been slightly exaggerated. You know as well as I do, this has been happening since December. This right. is not something that just magically appeared when nobody was looking. He's been progressively working towards this. And when he says he probably only lost two, three, four, five pounds, I believe him because muscle weighs more than fat. He can look trimmer add muscle and still weigh virtually the same amount so while i understand the speculation based on just looking at him because his jawline looks like it goes back an extra two <laughs> all of a sudden i get why people are saying these things but i don't think there's this drastic shift in who nikola Jokic is i think he just looks a little fitter and let's be honest this is still a very young individual people mm-hmm. lose maybe fat into their um, early to mid-20s so that could just be part of this as well so i'm honestly I do think it's slightly exaggerated. I don't know how much this is really going to change the fabric of what the Nuggets can do because we haven't seen it yet. But I do think this whole skinny Jokic thing is a little bit overblown at this stage, <laughs> considering that he's been doing this for so long. Right. And he made a joke last night, too. He Someone asked him about, in the past, he has said, well, my, my size, my weight, it allows me to kind of bully other bigs in the paint. Is that still the case? And he said, well, what did you want me to say? I can't, like, if people are calling me big or something like that, I need to have a good excuse for it. But I don't, like you just said, TJ, I don't think the fact that he's lost a couple pounds is going to, you know, 
all of a sudden end his ability to bully guys in the paint. And if anything, it's going to give him, I think, more finesse. He's probably going to be a little quicker on his feet and it'll just allow him to expand his game even more. Yeah, and I, I mean, from my point of view, too, I don't think he's in that much different shape than he was in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the correlation I've been pulling. Like, yes, maybe from February Nikola Jokic, there has been, or, you know, January Nikola Jokic, we've really seen quite a bit of weight loss, but he came into the season a little bit heavier than he normally was. So I don't think it's crazy that he works himself into shape like so many players do throughout the NBA season, and that now we're just kind of seeing a more inspired fitness regiment from a person who is still growing into who they want to be at the NBA. NBA level. I think Felipe has been phenomenal for him too. I think you have seen this as well. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a camaraderie between them now. Like there is something that is passionate and exciting about weightlifting with Felipe for Nicola now. And it's kind of been a big part of this revolution that we keep talking about. And I think that's where the conversation should stem from more. It's not just, oh, he lost weight. It's what does this mean? How did it come to be? What about Nikola Jokic is different than it used to be in his first two or three years in the league? Because that understanding of where he needs to be to compete at the highest of the high levels, not just make the playoffs like they were a few years ago, but to truly compete with the Anthony Davises and the Giannis Atentacumpos. To do that, he had to be at a different level. And I think that that set in after the last playoffs. And I think once he got into the season, he took it more to heart because he had somebody there that understood him extremely well in Felipe. So I think there's a lot to do with that relationship, which has allowed him to really embrace this. And I'm really curious to hear more about that going forward hey listeners producer cam here look i probably don't need to tell you this but just to be safe i'm going to tell you smelling good is really important and that's where hawthorne comes in hawthorne offers an array of great smelling products designed just for you take a quick and easy two-minute quiz and hawthorne will lay out an accompaniment of great products whether it be their two colognes one for work and one for play shampoos deodorant the whole enchilada and guess what hawthorne is totally risk-free with free shipping and free return so make sure you check out hawthorne today at hawthorne with an e h-a-w-t-h-o-r-n-e dot c-o not dot com hawthorne.co and use the promo code athletic to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co and use the promo code athletic to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co. Back to the show. Jokic wasn't the only player that the Nuggets were missing. And even with his arrival, there are other players who still aren't in Orlando for the Nuggets yet. Um, the te- I mean, the team has confirmed this, that they're missing a handful of guys. However, they won't confirm how many or who it is. However, Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes did report that Michael Porter Jr., Torrey Craig, and Gary Harris are three of those players who are not in Orlando yet. And I mean, just doing deductive reasoning from looking at photos that the team has posted and footage from their practices or their day off who is there, that seems to be accurate. So, I mean, TJ, these are three rotation players. If you're the Nuggets right now, what are you thinking as you wait for their arrival? Well, my point needs to be led into with the Eric Woodyard report that Monte Morris is also not there. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets yeah. don't have guards in Orlando right now. Like if, if these, if this is true, if what we are anecdotally looking at is in fact what is happening, that they don't have Tory Craig, Michael Porter Jr., Monte Morris, Gary Harris, 
um, they don't have guards. They don't have backcourt depth. I don't know how you can do a lot of what makes practice useful without these bodies being there and without them actually confirming who is and is not in the bubble. There's no way to get insight into that. But that's where my brain goes to. We talked about that last night. I really don't know what it is, what they're going to be able to do if they don't have guards. I mean, you're talking about Jamal Murray and then you're starting small forward Will Barton as the only two guys who can actually play guard positions because P.J. Dozier is also seemingly not photographed in this bubble either. So even when you start getting into the back of the roster, they don't have any guards. So I have no idea what they're able to do in practice right now. I'm so curious. I would love to be a fly on the wall right now and just see what Malone is throwing together to get these guys on track to be able to compete at the highest level possible to try and chase this first championship in Denver Nuggets history because that's a monumental task when you don't have an entire half of your roster to be able to fill out the backcourt. Right. And I mean, and and Malone made this point last night. He said, you know, we are not the only team that's missing players. Of course, you know, like the Rockets are missing James Harden and Russell Westbrook. That is very big for them. However, like to your point, TJ, they're missing supposedly half of their roster. And like you said, playmaker guys and guys who are going to have a really big role. And so, I mean, if I were them, I can't imagine how you wouldn't be anxious or stressed about this because yes, it's great that Nikola Jokic is there and they have their leader, they have their best player, they have their centerpiece, but just a centerpiece isn't going to win you games. And he like Nikola Jokic can't do it all by himself. And these are key guys who are, or not there. And it kind of segues us into, you mentioned practices. I mean, yeah. Like how, how are you practicing? They, without these guys, they already had some, you know, training camp cut short because they had to close their facilities in Denver when those individual workouts were going on because there were positive tests within the organization. And they made the decision that is the safest thing to do to close the facilities down. But so you don't get that time. And then you get there and you're missing a ton of guys who are very important. And it's been since March 11th, that game against the Mavericks, when the NBA stopped, that's the last time that the Nuggets have been together as an entire team. That's a long time. And as you're heading into the playoffs, you only have eight games before them to get that camaraderie and get that rhythm back. But I mean, the lead up to those eight games, they their their first scrimmage is on the 22nd, recording this on July 15th. So their first scrimmage is, you know, seven days away. And who knows when those guys are going to show up. Um, in terms of practices, Malone did say that the first few practices were used to, you know, get guys' legs back underneath them and pretty much remind them of the playbook because they've been gone for so long. Refreshers are needed. They are, you know, slowly ramping up because injury is a concern here since guys have been out of game shape because they just haven't been playing. Um, but I mean, from from what Malone has said about these practices, about people who have st- stood out to him in these practices, TJ, what what kind of stuck out in your to you? Well, it's impossible not to mention Bull Bull. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, that is the talk of the town because nobody is in the bubble. So if we're going to discuss something exciting, Bull Bull <laughs> is a hot name on the block. It is what it yes. is. And this is the thing. He's apparently playing very well in the bubble. There's not a whole lot of people playing who has any idea what role he's playing. But when you go back and look at his G League film from when he played for the, for the Windy City Bulls, he showed that a lot of these skills that people thought might translate were able to at least at that level. So now to hear 
hear all of these people, similarly to when Michael Porter Jr. was at training camp this, um, you know, what was it, six months ago at this point <laughs> the Nuggets had training camp, when everyone was talking about the fact that Michael Porter Jr. is just one of the most talented people on the floor at all times. It seems like Bull Bull has kind of taken that mantle from him in this pseudo summer league training camp seating game fiasco that they're a part of right now. So that's one thing that I really find interesting is that so many people seem to be at least willing to talk about like, yes, this kid is really talented and what he's able to do on a basketball court is not normal. This is unique. And that's something that I really have taken um, a notice of because throughout his regular season, he had lost or he had put on muscle and he had started to get in conditioned and he started to look like a player who could potentially stay healthy or at least give it a serious run for a full season going into next year. And to see him finally on a court with the Denver Nuggets at the professional level, not at the G League, still impressing people, that's nothing but encouraging signs in a very discouraging time. So for me, that's what I tend to look at. I mean, I looked at that too. And I think when talking about Bull Bull, one thing that you have to mention is, I mean, the fact that he's what, seven foot three Mm -hmm. and he's shooting so incredibly from the perimeter. I mean, that's crazy. And something TJ that we've talked about, you know, before is you were telling me how if you watch his film from the G League, like you said, he's on these shooters and these perimeter guys and he's standing three four feet away from them and they think that they can clear him and all he has to do is raise his arm and he's gonna block their shot or block their vision and i mean he hasn't played very much he's 19 years old he played nine games at oregon before you know sitting out the season with injury but he just has that natural that those those genes that he gets, it runs in the family. He has those bold genes that are going to make him a really, really talented player. I'll never forget talking to to a couple people in the Nuggets organization during like not even training camp, but like summer league runs and guys just showing up to the gym for open run and things like that. And people saying like the two best shooters who have been in this gym recently have been Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull. And that is just not something you'll ever hear about someone who is seven foot three with a seven six wingspan or whatever it is. And it's <laughs> not just that. Like you were saying, in the G League, he like bent time and space. He was so long. You weren't able to play like you normally could against a big that was either immobile or mobile because he could really play both sides. He can literally play a drop off of you, take one step, block your shot. But if you pump fake, he can still has the length to block you from behind when he recovers. He just clears so much ground off one step in either direction from the high post. And that's not something you can teach. These are things that are just innate. And when you have that, and if you can build upon it, and with this Nuggets phenomenal, stellar player development staff that they have, have if they can get the most out of him who knows how he fits into this equation but i want to see it i mean who doesn't want to see what yeah. that potentially looks like are we do you think are we going to see this in the bubble a- ask me again in three days and we know who's <laughs> in the bubble because okay, i don't know not. that's the thing like if, if they still have no one in the bubble they might have to play him at small forward for oh, all God. we know and slide will barton the two so <laughs> like i have no idea but like but think about that like if, if this is if the people who have been photographed let's frame it that way mm-hmm. if those are the people who are going to be in scrimmage number one who starts at shooting guard and who backs up at point guard yeah, no, it's good. Those are good points. Like, it's it's just Will Barton. So you have right. to just fill people in as wings around them, and they're going to have to do that with Bull Bull because you have Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Nikola Jokic, and Paul Millsap in the bubble, and that's pretty much most of who you have there. You only have front court players, so I think they're going to have to get real creative if they don't get bodies in there within the next three, four days. Absolutely. 
With the return of the NBA season coming fast, The Athletic has launched The Athletic NBA Show, a daily podcast combining some of your favorite basketball voices under one umbrella. David Aldridge, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, Zach Harper, Sam Amick, and more, along with the rotating cast of beat writers from around the league. Every day features a new show covering everything from insider news to cultural issues and deep dives into in-game analytics. So before things tip off later this month, make sure you subscribe to The Athletics NBA Show, available now wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, TJ, I just wanted to touch on really quickly the bubble itself because teams have been there for about a week at this point and stuff has already been happening there. On Tuesday, the NBA sent out a memo announcing that two players in the bubble had tested positive for COVID-19, um, as well as the fact that two players have already broken the bubble, albeit accidentally, but it happened. Also, it's been reported that the hotline that has been set up for players to report others who have violated safety protocols has been used multiple times. So just what are your thoughts of the bubble about one week in? Is it going to work? I mean, I know it's, 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 it's still really early, but just what are your first impressions of how it's been going so far? I, I don't know so much still. For four months, I found a hundred different new ways to say I don't know at this point. But <laughs> the one thing I'll for sure say is that the NBA has really done a good job of making sure that the smallest infraction is taken care of in a meaningful way. Everybody kind of expected that there might be some slip-ups like the way they have. Like Bruno Cabloclo just accidentally walking out of his mm-hmm. room out of habit. Like those things might happen out of 300 people you have in a bubble. So those things being addressed in the way that they have, a mandatory 7 to 10 day quarantine and the way that they've handled it, I am very encouraged by. Whether or not it works, whether or not it's a net or a bubble is still yet to be seen, but I do think that how they are going about it so far is encouraging. So we'll have to wait and see, but to see them enforce such strict guidelines and to not play around with it and to not grant any kind of, um, you know, it's your first time, we'll take it Mm -hmm. easy on you kind of moments, to not see that is extremely encouraging for me. Right. And I think I agree that it is encouraging And, you know, today the NBA said that they are, you know, a a concern that people are having are false positives or false negatives or people who have tested positive before. And what does that mean for their test results going on in the future? And and the NBA understands that this is a fluid situation and and we, they, everyone doesn't know everything about this, you know, disease yet. And they're they're going with it as as issues come up. And I think, I mean, I... I think it's better to see these little mistakes be made in the first week than when games start and things, you know, really pick up into full swing that you're seeing guys break the rules or or break the bubble by accident. You know, they have very limited uh, interactions with other teams and other people at this point. And so like, I don't like make your mistakes now almost make, but not big ones, make your little mistakes now learn from it and then remedy it and keep, keep those, you know, your new learned, whatever you learned from it in mind going forward. It's almost like starting a new job, right? Like you don't right. know the small details of what you need to be doing on a minute to minute basis. You understand the job, but there's so much more that goes into your day to day at that point that you have to learn through just progression and being there and just experience. So I think that there's a reason the NBA picked the dates they did. They planned for people to mess up exactly like they did, and they planned for enough time for them to get healthy, for them to get cleared, and for them to get back on the court in time for the real games to start. This was all accounted for. So again, 
credit to the NBA for having the foresight for it. Again, whether or not this is a good idea is I'm not smart enough to make that decision. But at the same time, the NBA seems to be prioritizing what needs to be prioritized. And that's encouraging. It is. And it's, and I think that players are, are, I think they were jarred when they first got there. But I think that as they've gotten outside, they can go to different restaurants. They, there are different activities that have been set up for them to keep them busy and give them things to do. It's an adjustment period and they will adjust. Um, but that's we'll going to do it. Weeks, <laughs> yeah, we will. That is absolutely true. We will see in a few weeks. Um, so that's going to do it for us today. As always, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen in. And again, go to theathletic.com slash rainbow skyline to get a great low cost subscription deal. You never know when those are going to end. So do it now. And if you're listening to this in the athletic app, please feel free to leave us a comment. We love getting your feedback. TJ, thank you again for keeping me company today. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure to come talk some hoops. And to quote my dear colleague, Nick Cosmiter, until next time, thanks for stopping by. 